Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you live in your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again, as if we never left. It's the Black Psychologist Podcast, also known as the eighth wonder of the world. Appreciate everyone being here with us today. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here tuning in to us. And we are absolutely grateful for that. I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And most of you all know that I'm never alone. I got the one and only, you know, the demo, your boy at wow. You ain't get the memo. Dr. J's back in style. <laughs> one and only Dr. Jason Coleman. What is going on? Good brother. Yeah, what's going on, bro? It's been a minute, man. Been a minute. The yes, Knicks went from winning to losing, you know, in the time I talked to you, man. What's going on? Yeah, man, it's been rough. It's, it's, it's been, rough, been rough out here, you know, and they, they yeah. watching these playoffs and everything. It's been uh, up and down, but it's been a good playoff series, though. It's been good. A lot of them. Are. Yeah, a lot of them have been good, man. A lot of them. Y'all, y'all are doing all right, too. You're hanging in there. You know, Harden is balling. Yeah, look, man, Embiid, Embiid is one fall away from, from everything collapsing. You know that. Yeah, but, but he's nowhere as fragile as AD, though, so I can't even call him fragile. I mean, it's like a 1A, 1B type of situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. I'll, I'll take that. You What's know, up with you, though, man? Everything good? It's been good, man. Listen, um, over the past weekend, um... I got a chance, me, me and the rest of the team, we we went up to MetLife Stadium and uh they had the lupus walk up there at the uh, MetLife Stadium for, for lupus research. So um that's always a good time to pr- promote lupus awareness month. Um the, and just bring in more attention and more information and, and advancing the research. So that was um it's our second year doing it, so that was great. And um, you know, I, I get a chance to get out there and uh you know, show off the, the athletic skill and prowess. You know what I mean? You sure, sure. out there out there running some routes and, and showing off a little bit. You um, got the, you got you got tape of that? You got oh yeah, yeah. That. Check uh, it's on IG at Dr. Kyle. Uh, you know what I mean? Dr. Kyle, oh go go uh, go check that out. Um right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll I'll send you the, the other version though. And uh <laughs> I'm not I'm not, you know, your boy uh boy got hands, man. Yeah, got, got head. Yeah. Like, listen, I gotta I'm, see it. I gotta see. I'm not gonna doubt you. I'm not gonna listen. Doubt there, you. there were crisp, crisp routes out there, and I'm not go, gonna say. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that I wasn't contacted by some of the scouts that just happened to be there. Yeah, but I may have been. You know, there might be some communication going on. I can't really go into depth about it, but your boy might be a free agent. You know, maybe on a ten day contract or something like that. I'm just throwing uh, it out. there. Well, listen, man. I'm sen- I'm sensing a career change, so just drive by the hospital and throw twenty dollars out out the window for me. <laughs> What's up with you, though? I'm good, man. I'm blessed, man. Just busy, you know, running around. I ain't really had no time for myself, but you know, it's all good. 
Um, you know, I'm going to get some rest this weekend, you know. I think I'm going to go to the Yankees game, so be a good okay. time. All right, look at you, brother. I see you out here. Hey, man, you know how it is. Self-care in, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't, of course, acknowledge and highlight that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so we absolutely want to encourage everyone, one, is to continue to read up and gain as much information about um mental health illness, mental I mean mental health overall, um, to continue to educate yourself. And more importantly, check up on your family members um, and your friends. You know, um, you want it to continue to be not just checking in and accepting those stock answers, right? You don't want it to just be, hey, how are you? I'm fine. I'm good. You know, some of those answers or those responses we're prone to give. All of us are prone to doing that. I mean, really check in on your loved one, on your family and see how they're doing, right? We all experience stress that can sometimes when left untreated or left unaddressed manifest into anxiety, depression, um, and just a host of other different possible mental health issues. So absolutely want to encourage people to please, please check up on your loved one, uh, have these conversations, and you never know what the person is going through. Right? We know sure. that mental health is absolutely, unfortunately, an invisible condition that affects everyone. Like mental health doesn't discriminate, doesn't care, male, female, um, your your ethnicity, your age, it affects everybody. So we absolutely want to continue to encourage people to edu- continue to educate themselves and please, please check up on the people you care about. I mean, that's excellent advice. And all I would follow up and say, add on to that is say, um, sometimes it's just a follow-up question, right? Um, it's not about like bothering people and being invasive, because um, a lot of people worry about that sometimes. But a lot of times it's just about instead of just asking somebody how their day is and walking off, you know, kind of just if you notice something that's a little bit off, um, just asking a follow up question or making a statement like, you know, I'm here for you or, you know, telling somebody that you're going to do something for them. Um, just inquiring a little bit, a little bit more. So sometimes it's just taking that little step. Absolutely. Speaking of which, um, taking care of yourself, Jay, you and I have been talking about these playoffs all throughout um, since they started in, in mid-May, I mean, mid-April, and I feel like that's a good place for us to start off at. So NBA player Terrell Terry announced on Instagram recently that he is retiring from the NBA after two seasons, citing anxiety caused by the sport that he no longer loves. Um, Terry wrote on Instagram, This message is very difficult one to share and an emotional one to write. Today, I decided to let go of the game that has formed a large part of my identity, something that has guided my path since I took my first steps. While I have achieved amazing accomplishments, created unforgettable memories and made lifelong friends, I've also experienced the darkest times of my life, intrusive thoughts, waking up nauseous finding myself struggling to take normal breaths because of the rock that is sitting on my chest that seemed to weigh more than I could carry. This is just a brief description of the anxiety this sport has caused me. And while I'm grateful for every door that it has opened for me, I can't continue to fight any longer for something that I have fallen out of love with. Uh, so just to give um, a brief history of Terry's career, 
He attended Stanford University in 2019, and as a freshman, he was named to the Pac-12 All-Freshman Team and All-Pac-12 Honorable Mention. He averaged 14 points, four rebounds, uh, three assists, and one steal or one and a half steals per game. He shot 40% from three and 89% from the free throw line, which is what garnered him attention from the league. Um, He was drafted in the second round of the 2020 draft by my Dallas Mavericks. Okay. The best team in the world. Um, He was was signed in December 1st, uh, 2020. Terry was then assigned to the Memphis Hustle, uh, which is the NBA G League, for the start of the G League season, and he made his debut for the Hustle on February 10th, 2021. Uh, On October 15th, 2021, he was waived by the Mavericks, and then on December 25th, 2021, Terry signed a 10-day contract with the Memphis Grizzlies via uh, a hardship exemption, and then... On January 1st, 2022, he signed a two-year, uh, a two-way contract with them. And then on July 2nd of 2022, he was waived by the Grizzlies. So that uh, has been the um, his experience in the league. Now, for me, Jay, um, I believe that this experience is more indicative of what the average NBA player goes through, right? Yeah. So... A lot of the players, when we're not talking about the LeBrons, the Currys, the John Morants, the the KDs, um, those are outliers, right? Those are the, those are the, the superstars of every team. However, this I I believe is probably closer to the journey that a lot of the other players that we don't know, right? Some of the bench players, some of the players that are fighting for roster spots every year. I believe that this is more, um identifiable to what they go through right if you look at it like there are 30 teams in nba each team is allowed to carry 15 roster spots and then the nba draft every year they draft 60 new players every year so those 60 new players gotta go somewhere or you're looking at like there's turnover on every nba roster so you have people that are fighting every year to keep their spot and what he talks about is i think the more the average experience for the reason that not everyone is is making that you know that max contract money not everyone is making an all-star game you have 15 players out of maybe or you got 13 out of those 15 that are just your typical role players right that are kind of in and out of rotation and they go through what we don't see they go through such a hardship or such stressful right staying on trying to stay in shape right um keep themselves to a skill level where they can remain on a team. And if you don't make the team, you get put in the G league. And if the G league, you can get waived. You can get cut. Like all these other different transactions that take place that players or that we don't hear about, right. If you're not a marquee player. So, I mean, this just from his experience talking about just waking up nauseous, having the intrusive thoughts, um, all these other different, you know, physiological experiences that he's, you know, is due to the stress and due to the anxiety, um, like this is a lot, and this is a story that I don't think gets told, um, because we're so busy hearing about all the other different outlier or superstar stories, like on ESPN and all the other different sports channels. Well, I mean, listen, I think this is interesting because obviously we know anxiety has always been around in sports, right? Um, different kind of professions, industries, we expect it. Um, 
high performance. What makes this kind of like surprising and stand out is because of the, the age of this guy and like he's retiring after two seasons, right? Um, so that's what makes it like surprising and kind of stand out. But what makes it not surprising is I think we've seen more and more athletes do this in like the last couple of years. Um, maybe not to the extent of retiring, but definitely like taking breaks and being more vocal about mental health in general and stuff like anxiety right across the board. Right. So whether it's like Lane Johnson with the Eagles or um, whether we see it in tennis, I think with Naomi Osaka, we was talking about, right. With different things. Um, right. We've seen it in swimming. Um, so I just think the younger athletes are kind of saying that, you know, of course they want the success. They work hard, you know, they put time in, but they're kind of saying that it's not worth their mental health anymore. You know, you see even the ones, you know, and again, I agree with you with Steph Curry's, the KDs, they are the exceptions, right? But we have seen people who are like major contributors or stars acknowledge, right, their mental health struggles, right? Um, I just think in general, we're just starting to see it more and I I don't know. I, again, I don't I wouldn't go as far as to say the warrior mentality is, is dying, right? But I definitely think that you know um we're we're starting to have more than one definition of like what toughness is and what defines like a tough athlete, a dedicated athlete, those type of things. Um but what stands out with this is you know how young he is and the fact that he's retiring after two seasons. But you know, I give him a lot of credit, you know, for being public with the story because it's very real symptoms that people with everyday anxiety about everyday things can relate to, right? The rock on his chest, the intrusive thoughts, um, the self-doubt, all of that. So it's a good story, you know, for people. I think it was, I think it was um, interesting. And one of the quotes that he said, he mentioned, I don't really see the game as art anymore. He said, I, I didn't see it as a game anymore or something that I loved. It felt like something that I was gaining resentment for. And these are individuals that whether, like you mentioned, whether it's um, tennis, whether gymnastics, basketball, football, these are games and things that they've loved since early age, like three, four or five years old, something they, they, that's been a part of their life. And now that it's become a job right now it's become attached to their livelihood now that it's become something that they have to do and it's become so competitive it's no longer enjoyable for them now i have to do this particular activity that i i once loved and couldn't live without now it's causing me so much harm because now it's a part of the livelihood now it's something that's become more forced and i think that's something also that we're starting to see more prevalent where our young folks or the younger athletes are just like, hey, you know what? They're making that decision where it's not worth it anymore. It's like it's lost that zeal. It's lost. It's not enjoyable. It's a job. It's become competitive. Now it's becoming something that I dislike. Like he mentioned the word resentment. Like, I mean, work. But again, you know, some people will be a little bit on the harsh side and be like, well, what do you expect? You're being paid and you're probably being paid more than the average person. You know, we can acknowledge that. Um, but I wonder how much focus they do have um in, in like college especially for the top prospects or even for everybody about like yo at the next level when this becomes a job right when you become paid for this when you start getting paid for this 
the expectations are going to change, right? In every way, mm-hmm. right? The same people who are patting you on the shoulder and encouraging you and, you know, they're going to be in your, your DMs, you know, saying you're the worst person in the world and, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you was the worst investment ever, right? Um, how do they prepare themselves for that? Insulate themselves from that and have a support system because it's a it could be a very a tough experience, you know what I mean? Depending on, especially when we look at like the vast amount of like college programs people could be coming from, like you could literally be at one of the larger programs in the country, but you're, you're still in an area where it, it, it's very kind of, it, it might be sparsely populated, it's rural, it's not a lot of press. You know, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? Then you go play for in Denver, or you go play in New York, or you go play in Miami. And when you go to 7-Eleven, you got somebody either, you know, clapping for you or throwing a Slurpee at you, right? And, and media in your face every day. The expectations change, right? And that's without the contract. So, um, again, you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation, but I wonder how much they kind of focus on that mental health aspect of it and how the expectations are going to change, right? Because that will cause anxiety. Yeah, it's it's in addition to that, right? Because what you mentioned is someone having to go through a huge adjustment from the college level. Now you're like you mentioned spotlights on you. You got so many different people in your ear. You got good reception, bad reception, all these other different things. And I don't feel like they probably I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the league, but it appears how you you always hear that same phrase no matter what the person's happening, right? Or what's going on or a decision that's made. It's the business of the sport. And so now these people are now, this is your livelihood. And then you got the business aspect of it. Like, well, you have to maintain a certain particular skill level or how good you are, or you'll get cut, right? So that's another aspect of anxiety or stress that you have to continue looking over your shoulder. If you're not the star player and you're not playing well, or you're just, you're replaceable. Like they just mentioned here, like he was signed one month, and then he was waived another month. And then now he's in the G League or he's trying to he's trying to find out where he fits. And like that's the business aspect. And that's all they say. Oh, well, that's 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 the, that's the business. You can get traded, you can get cut, you can get waived, all these other different things. And so for you to kind of constantly be living with that, looking over your shoulder or wondering, hey, am I gonna get that phone call that's gonna send me maybe to the other side? of the US or if I'm not sure of whether I'm going to even have a job, right? Like you're not going to find your next basketball spot on Indeed. You ain't got a resume for that. Right. So right. it's a different situation. And yeah, they mean they signed up for it in the sense of like, this has been something that they've been working hard for. But these are some of the ancillary things that aren't discussed or that people don't know about when you're talking about the business of professional sports or the adjustment aspect, especially if somebody's so young now being thrust into the limelight and not knowing where what's happening around the corner. Um, so this is this is a really interesting conversation and an interesting subject and aspect that isn't widely discussed. Um that professional athletes experience in, in a variety of different sports. So, uh, but you know what? Yeah. Kudos to him for him making that decision um, young. Like for him to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to prioritize my mental health over still continuing to chase the dream. Um, 
props to him. I mean, that takes a tremendous amount of insight and awareness on his part to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go this route on protecting myself as opposed to continue to subject, subject myself to all of these other different, you know, stressful experiences. So more power to him. Yeah, I agree, man. Hopefully he got, you know, some type of skills or degree or something to fall back on. Absolutely. All right, Jay, you mentioned the Yankees a little while ago. I don't know why. I don't know why you're still talking about going to go see the Yankees when you know you should be going to go see the Phillies, but that's a different story for a different day. I don't even know how the Phillies are doing right now, man. I know the Yankees, great. Ain't doing, the Yankees ain't doing too well, but that's all right. We're doing that's because you're watching the wrong team, Jack. Keep right. telling you, man. All right, you saw us. We were just in the World Series. Or you All just right. won the, y'all just won the World Series? We were there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, if you were watching and any other fans were watching some of the uh MLB games this past weekend, you may have noticed um that there's an additional ornament on the upper left shoulder area of the players' jerseys. It's a small green ribbon. And the ribbon will be done throughout the month of May for select teams and games. Uh, the green ribbon on the jersey is a symbol of mental health awareness and advocacy. So like we just talked about, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And the initiative is primarily being pushed uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays, who are also lighting the roof at the stadium. They're lighting the roof green during the entire month to raise awareness for the cause. But strangely... This doesn't appear to be a league-wide adoption, or at least not yet. Um, I know I saw the Rays and your Yankees wearing them. So, you know, I'll give you points in, in you know, in my book for that. Um, but the question is, like, why aren't all the MLB teams wearing the green ribbon? Um, what do you think? Like, what's your take on this, on why it's not a, a league-wide situation? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like something that would be fairly... Um, you know, easy for everybody to kind of jump on board with. Um, so I don't see why they couldn't agree on that. I would just think it was probably an issue of like, I would just say like kind of like awareness of the situation. Uh, it's probably just something that I would guess that somebody in the Rays organization maybe was passionate about. Um, and, you know, they probably thought that the series with the Yankees was probably a good, you know, time to showcase it because of the large you know, um, audience, of course, that's going to be attracted to the Yankees Rays in any series, you know. Um, so that's a good way to get publicity. Um, but it does seem like a missed opportunity for the other teams to kind of show their support for mental health. Um, because, again, it's non-controversial. Um, and, and it's just kind of like the same way it would be a no-brainer with the pink ribbon for Breast Cancer Month, you know. Um, so the only thing I can kind of think of is maybe that they just didn't know, but to say no would be a little crazy unless they had something else that they wanted to do, you know, individually. Now, I, I understand um, that the campaign has special significance um, to the Rays for the reason that they had a, um, a tragic loss last year. So um, their catcher, um, what's his name? Juan Ramirez. Uh, he was a bullpen catcher for like for their team for about 10 years or so. And okay. he died uh, tragically by taking his own life in March of 2022. So yes. I understand like, this is a great way for the team um, and like them choosing to honor one of their own. So I absolutely get that great uh, move on their part, but I agree with you. Like it, this appears to be a missed opportunity by the league. Like it, it, this would be 
the most fitting time for the for Major League Baseball to like commit to players or at least show a sign that you're committing to players long term health and like their well-being. That it's not just on the field, that it extends on and off the field. And I don't know, it's very, very strange for the reason that like, you know, we're if we're looking at baseball, just like any professional team, there's no team that's just going to say, all right, we're going to put this on our jersey and like the rest of the league doesn't know about it. Right. right? Like, they're not going to just be like, OK, like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. They're not like little separate mom and pop shops. Like you got to get permission throughout the league from the commissioner or whoever for this to take place, for you to put anything on your jersey. Um, and like, I don't know, like I feel I feel like they dropped the ball. Right. If if you have a couple teams doing it, um, like the league could have easily put together something similar to like how the NBA has or how the NFL has, where they could have had like they could have shared like a segment or like an endeavor, including like the players and their stories and their perspectives on mental health, or had like a series with current or former players sharing how they're privatizing their mental health or emotional well-being. Or something to that effect, right? Like, it's not like rocket science because it's been done numerous times by other by the other sports. Right. So, yeah, like I don't, I, I don't get this a head scratcher for me of why they wouldn't. They would just have a couple teams do it, and it's like, okay, everybody kind of do their own thing. Like, I mean, that that's why the only reasonable. I mean, again, I could be dead wrong, right? Because um, we've seen crazier things, but I can only say that maybe especially from what you just read, um, that maybe the, you know, the race, this is an issue that they were passionate about. Maybe they, they were just like, listen, we're going to take the lead on it um, and just kind of partner with the Yankees initially, right? But yeah. if they did do that, then I think you can expect next year for the other teams to follow suit because, I mean, you know, just the publicity it got alone in terms of like news outlets and stuff, picking it up, you know, the MLB will want that type of publicity. Right. Um, and right. just, you know, everybody knows it's mental health awareness month, but um, just in general, it's supposed to raise awareness and reduce the stigma surrounding behavioral health issues, as well as highlighting the ways how mental health and addiction can affect all of us, patients, providers, families, and society at large. So, when you think about that, especially when we talk about the addiction part mm-hmm. across all sports, right? MLB included, right? They've lost people, um, you know, connected to like alcohol and drug addiction. Um, mm-hmm. st- certainly mental health has affected a lot of the teams, right? In different ways. Um, so, you know, um, it's interesting, but um, shout out to the Rays, you know, um, for kind of highlighting that issue. Um and, you know, sometimes it takes an issue to be personal to you, you know, and kind of jumping out there on, a, on you know, first um, and then everybody else will follow suit. So, Yeah, I'm, I have to be honest, like I joke around, um, especially when it comes to sports and everything. Um, but I'm disappointed in the Phillies because if you can I, like it gets highly publicized, like when it's dollar hot dog night, <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> like, you know, when you're having other um other different like whatever nights that they're highlighting Bryce Harper, bobblehead night. yeah bobble yeah exactly but you want to tell me like throughout the whole month you can't launch or have some type of endeavor where you're highlighting awareness to 
mental health. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they really dropped the ball and I am disappointed with the fills. Um, it, it shouldn't for me be a thing where it falls on one particular team or a couple teams because, okay, this particular team experienced a tragedy. Um, no, nah, like that's to me, I, I got to call BS on that. Like it, this should be something, um, that every sport is doing, but it, in particularly, of course, during this month. Um, and like you said, addiction, all types of other different issues related to mental health are run rampant all throughout baseball. So for me, there's no excuse. And I am disappointed in the Phillies. Uh, I'm absolutely holding them to a high standard that they need to be able to do better. If you can highlight bobblehead and veterans, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but at the same time, you should be absolutely, especially in this time and day, right? This climate, mental health has absolutely been a focal point. Um, so yeah, uh, my feel need to do better overall. The league needs to do better on that. So uh, I got to call them out on that one. So well, we'll see. So they, we'll see. They we'll they see what they do. A, think uh, a strongly worded email from Dr. Osborne. Huh? All caps too. All day. <laughs> Speaking of holding people accountable. Jay, are you a, uh, you a designer fan? No, no. <laughs> Right. So I, I, I'll be honest. I, I like I like designer. Um, I like Panda. Panda was 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 wild when it came out. Um, so he, he definitely had a pump. And Timmy Timmy Turner is not a bad record, also. However, it's been a rough few weeks for designer. In the middle of last month, he was charged with indecent exposure following a bizarre in-flight incident. So, according to news outlets. He was on a Delta flight returning from the States from Asia, sitting in first class with his member fully exposed while pleasuring himself in full view of the flight attendants. He was told repeatedly to stop and eventually was relocated to the back of the plane where he was monitored, where he was monitored by his two handlers. Uh, he reportedly dropped the jar of Vaseline while he was changing seats. All right. So once he landed uh, in, in um, Minneapolis, he was questioned by police and then let go. When the news broke out about the incident, designer released a statement revealing that he was going through a mental health crisis and that he would seek professional help as soon as possible. Now, fast forward to last week, it was reported that he was receiving treatment in a mental health facility. And on Wednesday, May 3rd, uh, designer celebrated his 26th birthday by updating his fans on his mental health and delivering them new music by posting a message on his IG page. This is what his, uh, his message said. He said, I turned 26 and I want to thank all y'all for holding me down. I admitted myself into a facility last week to focus on my mental health. But before that, I had planned to release Timmy Turner 2 this week. And as a surprise to my fans, I recorded this joint a while ago and it reflects on where I've been mentally over the past year. Sorry, I can't promote it the way I like. Um, I like to because I'm off the grid, but I just wanted to give you some new music while I take some time away to become a better me. I'm going through a tough time right now, but I won't let my struggles define who I am. I will come back stronger and make more music that connects with all of you on a deeper level. For those of you dealing with any mental health issues, it's okay to ask for help. What do you make out of this, Jay? What, what, what's your take? This is Joe. Sounds like, I mean, obviously, he's not, he doesn't seem like he's serious, right? 
and he seems like he has further to fall, right? Because um, I didn't even think he was famous anymore, but he's obviously too insulated. He's still insulated enough where he's not going to probably get the consequences for this that a regular citizen would, right? Mm-hmm. If he's being monitored by his handlers and he wasn't arrested when the plane landed, then you already know that the wheels is in motion. All I'm going to say is this. It's, it sounds like from, from his response that he's not serious. It sounds foolish, right? He's making a mockery of mental health. Obviously, his manager told him when he landed or whatever that if he wanted to salvage the, any part of his career and not go to jail, that he needed to go check himself into a facility, right? Bro, he's marketing his music from there. He's putting himself on a pedestal saying it's not, it's okay to ask for help. Like, like he voluntarily sub- submitted himself to a rehab center for alcohol or something. Bro. Like, this is not that. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't even apologize to all the people he exposed himself to on a plane. It could have been children on the plane. So, I mean, listen, y'all. Honestly, the only thing that I could hope is that the charges don't go nowhere, right? Because if he's doing this, then this is the same type of person that's going to be grabbing people in massage parlors. This is a person that feels like they're entitled to do whatever they want. You understand? Whether there's something wrong with them or not, whether he has a legitimate issue or not, but judging from the response, and he's still trying to manage his ish, his image. So that means he's not really focused on the health portion of it. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I, it is what it is, man. I, I had a lot of questions with this. Um, just throughout the whole ordeal of from why wasn't he detained? Um, for indecent exposure because like you mentioned um on a plane with multiple people could possibly kids so on and so forth um now that you're you say that you're in treatment right you're in a, a mental health facility and i don't know that to be true we don't know get how are you updating you see what i mean how are you posting on instagram are you doing it is your team doing it so on and so forth you know what i mean it, it was just all the way through, there were just so many disconnects and so many holes in this story that just didn't add up. Yeah, um, bro. I don't I don't like it when whatever the issue is, right? Because this is totally inappropriate. Let's just call it what it is. This was totally inappropriate. I don't I don't chalk that up or attribute that to any particular mental health issue. Is it impulsive? Absolutely. Um, but he's not it. It doesn't nowhere in this description of what took place were they saying like he was psychotic, right? So I would understand if they were saying that he was having a psychotic episode, whether he was under the influence um, that would have prompted some of this bizarre behavior, inappropriate behavior. Okay, I could sit here and say, all right, that could that can possibly contribute to him doing something to- totally inappropriate. None of that is detailed in here, right? right. None of that. It seems like he, again he's very aware aware of what he's doing. Um, it also seems like he has people that are enabling him, his handlers, whatever the hell that means, um, are allowing him to conduct himself in this particular manner. So do you see what I mean? And then I, I, again, I don't know. I imagine there are some issues that are taking place to what extent? I don't know. Cause he's not, he's not my patient. Um, at the same time, I, 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 I just hate it when something like this takes place and then it's the, let's go 
claim the mental health. Let's go check ourselves in. Right. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's use that to cover everything. We got to use that as a guys that's kind of, oh, yeah, well, this is what this is like. No. And like you said, there's no there's no remorse. Right. There's no contraction. Like, he's not saying, well, I apologize or this is take place. It's like, yeah, my my priority is right here with my music. I'm going to get this out here to you guys. It's my birthday. So on it's and so. OK to ask for help. The next I wouldn't be surprised if the next mixtape he drops, he's standing in front of a mental health facility or it's, Come on, man. It's it's you understand what I'm saying? He's good. I hate it. He will try to capitalize off of it. And if we just being honest, like the fact that he would drop music and say it's okay to ask for help, this is one of the most serious offenses you can have. Yeah, no, nah. I don't like, know why he's not, not in jail. <laughs> this is not like yo, this is not something that you do that you're doing that is just negatively affecting you. Right? Like, yo, you're exposing yourself on a plane, right? And you at and and I don't want to speculate too much, but like you said, it doesn't, from where it's reported, it doesn't sound like a psychotic man that doesn't know where he's at, thinks he's in the privacy of his own home and has right. to be subdued for the rest of this flight, right? This is somebody who he had to be told to stop. Repeatedly, like what right, are you? So, what are you? You're, you're subjecting people that are at work, right? Folks that are just trying to do their job. These flight attendants, like you don't know, like you mentioned, the impact that that could have on somebody else, the trauma that that could impose or inflict on someone else. Like that, that's that's why. Like, and you got Vaseline, and the thing is, so this is the thing, and then you got to remember, like, it, it's it's just so many risks that it could have because you don't know again. Children on the plane, people on the parents on the plane, how they gonna react to that? Like you, you can just start a whole chain reaction of just negative things in the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um it is what it is, but like I said, hopefully um the charges ain't aren't gonna go anywhere or they'll order him into treatment. But we'll see. Yeah, man. I just I just really hate it when this takes place and then it's it's the let me wave the you know the the mental health flag. So this, you know, I can scapegoat this by checking myself in X, Y, and Z. And and again, it's very clear that this is not his priority, right? Getting better or asking for help that he's supposed to be getting or he said he's getting. This is not what this is, clearly, right? So, um, nah, man, just I hate it, man. I, I don't like it. So, I mean, again, if he's struggling with anything, I hope he gets that help. But it doesn't appear like that's his priority, and that's where he's at regarding his uh stage of change so um ah, i hate it all right uh what else is important all right so according to the u.s census bureau there was a survey that recently um came to light where americans have been spending less time with friends and more time alone since before the pandemic which has only intensified the sense of social isolation so this is the average American is spending almost nine additional hours a week alone and several hours, uh, several hours a week less with friends. Uh, there are surveys that, re- that reveal that around 60 percent of people in the U.S. right now report feeling lonely on a pretty regular basis. Um, so the question is, why are Americans lonelier and what are its effects on on our health? So 
the question as I was reading through the, 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 the article and through the conversation, the question I asked myself was, well, what are we doing really with that time? Right. That we're spending less time with others. Like when we didn't shift it to our like our spouse or partners or even our kids or like anyone else in particular, like it's going towards technology. That's the way I look at it. Like no longer with people, it's primarily focused on whatever technology or technical device you have. And you're like your network gets smaller. So the people that you used to be hanging out with probably in person is now that network has gotten smaller because it's now more restricted to your network, either like on your phone, on your tablet or, or, or whatever. Because if you look at it like this, social, I mean, socialization depends on other people. So it's a two-way thing, right? Two-way street, two-sided thing. You have to have two people to be there in order for you to socialize. So if my network is getting smaller in regards to the people I'm hanging out with, then that means there are going to be less people to socialize with. And like the article said, it was trending that direction prior to COVID for the reason that everybody of all ages, whether you were like young um, and just like in like school, like you were in middle school to like even your senior citizen, everybody was getting like smartphones. Right. It was no longer like you're seeing like your grandparents or like the older adults. They didn't just have like the Obama phone. Right. They didn't have just like the regular phone that I'm just using to call to let my family know I'm cool. Um, People were doing away with like the house phones and even the kids you had to like if they were going to school, even as young as like fourth grade, fifth grade, like they were going to school. They got a cell phone. Right. They got a smartphone. So I think that it was already kind of gradually going towards that direction where even though you would be like in class you were communicating as opposed to talking to the people in your class or people around you you were on the phone talking to somebody that's i don't know in a different space same thing with older adults and covid just exacerbated the issue so i feel like that's what's contributing to you know that lonelier aspect is that technology right like when you finally do look up from your phone or from your pet, your iPad or your tablet or whatever the case may be, you look around and it's like, yeah, you're on your own because you completely isolated yourself just to conversing or socializing on your phone. And so like, well, it's just almost, worse. Well, it's almost like, and listen, I agree with everything you're saying, right? So when I say it's almost like hypocritical, I'm saying it's, it's just... In, in terms of how we look at it, all right, I'm saying I agree with you, but all of us, right? Because is it the lack of social connections or is it the quality, right? Because you can honestly, in this day and age, know twice as many people as you might have 30 years ago, right? But how well do you know them? That's different. Like you said, I agree with you totally, right? Because while you was talking, I wrote down Facebook, Zoom, Xbox. Right. You can have 700 friends on Facebook. You could meet with your family that that is in Ohio, Idaho, in other countries that maybe you would have never talked to. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you can talk to them. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. You, I mean, you can talk to them without even being there. 
I mean, so it's it's that gift and a curse type of situation where it's great that you have this network or you're able to you have that expansion, I would say. You have the expansion across state lines, across city lines, across overseas, whatever the case may be. And you can reach and talk to these people. But you're not in the same room and. It's a good thing. Absolutely. There are advantages and then there are complete disadvantages to that aspect where I think we've gotten used to that. Right. We That's now just become the new norm. I was saying, I think it's. I think it's more so, you know, the, the meaningful connections, right, because you could talk to more people and be connected with more people than you ever could before because of technology, right? So I could talk to my long lost cousin in the UK. I could talk to my mom in California. But are those connections meaningful, right? Like as human beings, right? There's, if you did therapy sessions during the pandemic, you immediately understood the, the, the value of being in the room with somebody, right? Like, like, yo, Facebook, Zoom, video, games, I mean, cannot replace the value of like face-to-face connections, right? Trade that energy being exchanged, right? Touch, right? And as human beings, you can say what you want, but we all need, like require human connection, right? Which requires us to, to share space. Not like, yo, be in the same house. It requires us to share space. Yo, that's why, yo, you cannot see your family all year and you will look forward to, if you live in D.C., driving from D.C. all the way to New York, spending more time in the car than you do in the house with them eating that meal, right? Ten minutes after you get there, you arguing with your brother, you arguing with your cousin, right? You know they're going to ask you about future plans, this and that. You sit there, you eat, you know what I'm saying? And after you get home, you kind of feel, whatever, however you feel, tired, whatever, you feel refreshed and reset, right? Because you you, short, you shared space with those people. You could have picked up the phone and called them, but you drive all the way there because you, you don't get the same feeling. I agree. You know what I mean? That's why if you're lucky enough to have a mother, father, whatever, you drive or you go over there if you got the ability, right? You can call them, but you got to see their faces different, right? That's why no. long-distance relationships don't work, right? Mm-hmm. Like human, I think we looked at technology and we looked at the advantages, right? And we said, yo, we can see each other, we communicate, we can do business, we can send messages, but we forgot the value of sharing the space. No, we're social beings. So I feel like the social interaction element is so crucial. At the same time, I feel like we're because of technology is moving at such a rapid pace that that element is going to get it's, it's still it's getting lessened gradually for the reason that. Like you mentioned, like you said, you got Xbox, you got all these different mechanisms that we can have all of these other different um, avenues where you're doing something socially, yet at the same time, you're doing it individually, right? Right. And 
all of these other different um devices are are coming are coming in and it's just making us more singular or individualistic and i mean that by like you got the oculus right you have the metaverse and all these other different related technologies that are coming out that aren't helping for the reason that things that we used to do like as a group like as a group of friends you can do that on your own now right so you can go to a basketball game with the oculus and you can be sitting there like you're sitting there on sideline right like you right. guys like you got you no longer have to go where you would get together like with a group of friends or like yo we're we trying to go to the you know to the game tonight like you, you most people aren't going by themselves you're going with your family you're going with your friends you don't have to do it anymore yeah, right but- you got that you got even coachella like you don't even have to go to concert they're live streaming they got all these other different things that we would do right but that but that that proves my point exactly yo you could always go to prime 112 by yourself you could always go to the movies by yourself how many people do you see standing in line for the club alone broadway plays alone there's a reason why so it's like so the fact that technology allows you to do yoga on a bridge in india right or see future while sitting on your couch right does not replace the experience that you're going to get going with your friends and you're a fool if you think so that that's why of course there's going to be a mental health cost to pay if you think that you can substitute in-person experiences bro for i mean um virtual experiences for in person we should have learned that lesson right with school right no educator will tell you no parent will tell you in good conscience that their child received the same value of education, right? During the pandemic. Most educators, some of them will admit, and majority of parents will admit if they didn't homeschool their child, right? That that the kids were, were set back during that period, right? So all I'm saying is a technology will be beneficial to us in moderation, right? So eHarmony is good, right? The the um uh, uh social media is good. All of these things are good. Why? Because our population is like a bell curve. So there are people in our population who aren't going to be able to go out to a lounge or go out to the mall and talk to a random person and meet somebody in person, right? So of course that evens up the playing field for those people. But if everybody goes to that, right? Think about Bizarro World, right? In another world, um, M. Night Shalahan, what's his name? How you pronounce it? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. right? We'll make a movie about a world, right? Where people stay inside more than they go outside. Like where literally 75% of people's lives was spent inside, right? Because you go to Grubhub, you could go to school, Go to homeschool. You could have a girlfriend that's across that, that you're dating virtually that lives in another country and you'll never see because it doesn't matter, right? Because you can go out on a date with them and meet up with them through Oculus it's, in another world. It's it's getting to that point. Like I agree with you. At the same time, like the metaverse and the Oculus, it's getting wildly popular. And not even just, I think, with 
our generation, like say, what are we? We're um, we're uh, millennials, right? So millennials, because we still recognize, and I'm speaking in, in general terms, because we realize and grew up with that social interaction, because we know the benefits and of getting out, interacting with each other. It's a little different. Younger generation, again, generally speaking, they they grew up with it. This this is the the uh, the view me generation, as I call it, and that Oculus, the metaverse, the same thing, the lounge, the club, going like they can meet with each other, right? Friends are meeting up in the metaverse. It's becoming wildly popular, bro. And because of being that this is what they were born into, they were born into these devices with the technology, which is only getting more and more elaborate. I agree. Nothing is ever going to replace like you and I going to hang out in person or going to a game in person or linking up and going out. Nothing's ever going to replace that. However, for other individuals, for those that didn't have that same type of life experiences during that, during those years, it's a little different, man. Like it's becoming wildly popular that these folks are, they can do everything through technology. And it's like they're looking at, oh, well, it's less expensive. I don't have to go out. I can do this. And we can still meet up and do things in the metaverse, experience the same things to a certain extent in the metaverse. It's getting scary, man. It really is. Right. I mean, I just but I and I, I don't disagree with you, but I just think that we do have to know that there's a cost. There might be a cost to pay right on our bodies and on our minds. Right. Oh, totally. And sedentary lifestyle. Right being overstimulated, looking at a device 12 hours a day, right? No human connection, right? And then we just start to look at some of the things that we're seeing in this world in terms of some of us wake up on a daily basis and we say, well, people are kind of overreacting as a general practice these days. Overreacting as a general practice. A lot of these people being 30 and under, right? Emotional regulation, is at an all-time, you know what I mean, low. Frustration mm-hmm. tolerance is at an all-time low, right? Yeah. I'm not again, I'm not making that direct connection, but I'm just saying, you know, um, a lot of these things are things that we haven't seen before from people, right? Yeah. Um, so what is also allowed in that technology and that lack of human connection and that lack of sharing space is a dehumanization of another person. It's easier to do that. When you when you're not when you're shooting somebody's head off in Call of Duty, right? Totally, I agree. Even if even if they have a little name under, them. and I and again, I'm not directly connecting anything, but I'm just saying there's a lot of factors right floating around, um, and we're and there can be a mental and physical cost to pay for all of this technology that we got. No, nah, there's there's definitely overlap, and everything that you said. Um, just like you mentioned, you only know people as whatever their screen name or their handle is people just saying, yo, on my ops, right? No, your ops are a person, right? That's an individual. That's a human being. A lot of it is just based off of sitting there on their phone, on through the keyboard, all these other different things. And it's getting worse. Absolutely. There's a lot of overlap in all these other different things that we just talked about that I think are accumulating into that folks becoming more distant from what's happening in the real world. It's contributing to a lack of patience, a lack of frustration tolerance. Like all of these things, I think, are gradually getting lower and lower because you're not out there 
interacting with people. The empathy is getting lower that people are having for the for other people. As opposed to that's the first thing that people do. They record other folks but when something's happening, as opposed to asking for help or getting into it and, and assisting or all these other different things. There's a lot of overlap, man. It's scary. That's why I'm very concerned. Uh, I mean, it's impacting us and, and so many other different areas of our life. Um, but the technology is moving faster and faster. You got AI coming out and so many different, like, bro. It's, it's, scary, it's interesting, man. Um, but I'm sure this is something that we'll talk about um, a couple of times again, because whether we talk about loneliness, depression, you know, we just talked about anxiety. Um, these are things that are going to keep continue to uh, pop up you know sure yeah. it's going to be those social deficits because once you pop up you look up from your phone this is the only way people know how to manage their emotions and their thoughts right everything is through the phone everything is through a device exactly. and so a lot of social deficits unfortunately are being manifested because you're not at that lost human interaction aspect so i don't know we'll see man we shall see um we'll see bro Jay, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, oh, in fact, I just thought of something. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. So absolutely happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there, all the godmothers, all the aunts, all the all, all of you. Because you got mother attached to your name in any form or fashion, whether it's biological step or just you've been the person that's helped raise um, somebody like absolutely happy Mother's Day um to you to all our listeners our supporters out there jay you doing anything for any of the uh the moms and the family or friends that you know uh just gifts man you know just gifts just look at this guy daddy warbucks man this guy's getting it (laughs) guys getting it (laughs) it's already in the budget brother you know but it's all that's that's only right though that's how you're supposed to do it yeah that's how you're supposed to do it i want to follow up with that definitely happy mother's day to all the mothers um biological or not um and listen of course we want to you know encourage everybody to if you can if you got a dollar you got five dollars ten dollars you know or if you make money like dr osborne support you know cammy's closet absolutely um, want to support thank everybody for supporting uh shop mentalhealthclothing.com and of course most importantly i want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen to us um and we appreciate it so you know we're going to keep the content coming um, and I appreciate my boys sharing the, uh, you know, I mean, staring the ship every, every, uh, you know, every week. So thank you, sir. Yes. Um, I'm going to echo everything you just mentioned, um, the continued support, the feedback on whether it's YouTube or on any of the other different, uh, streaming platforms. We really appreciate it. We love it. Um, yes. Shop on shop, So you can look at it, especially during this month. Okay. no, other better time for you to get your mind right and your mental health by also looking good but that's what you should do again dr j will deliver the clothing himself all right it don't get no better than that that's the way it works no (laughs) (laughs) um all right jay before we get out of here brother um happy mother's day to every all the lovely ladies in your family um and man we will continue to enjoy and watch these playoffs Everyone out there wishing everybody good mental health. Continue to check on your loved ones. All right. Jay, until next time, brother. All right, bro. Go Lakers.